Welcome to Men Are Nuts, a podcast about mental health, emotional health, psychological health and physical health in men and society. First it started with man, M-A-N, then it went to men. This is called Men Are Nuts. And we have a very special guest on the show for you today. Can you introduce yourself? My name is James Roberts. I'm a two-time Paralympian uh, transformation coach for fellow amputees. Um, what else do I do? Uh, two degrees. And obviously, I we're talking about mental health. I suffer with that on and off still to this day, but obviously it's a hit, hit, hit rock, bottom, rock bottom, should I say, before being having, having that awareness to say, well, this is breaking point and what can I do about it? Yeah. So where whereabouts are whereabouts are you for the listeners out there? Where where I'm based I'm based in North Wales. You're in Wales, right? Yeah. Is that is that where you've always lived? No, because my family were both in the military, mum and dad. Yeah. I grew up uh, in Belgium for 19 years, wow. so I didn't come back to the UK until I went to university. Well, interesting, interesting. So eclectic. Eclectic. Yeah. So what's what's yeah? There's two things there. Then what's Wales like then for the listeners out there? Well, at this moment of recording, not not too bad. A little bit windy. Um, it's not raining for once, and you've been a Brit, you can understand that, <laughs> that kind of. <laughs> that being sarcastic with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does um, not too bad for a Mar- Mar- March day. Yeah. Uh, a little bit chilly but other than that it's I think as the saying goes I don't think a Brit's ever happy with what, whatever the weather's doing no never so you I've been to Wales a few times in the valleys let's talk about the valleys going I remember driving in from driving in and there's these massive hills there's, you know massive hills I call them the valleys so whereabouts in, in Wales then are you I'm about 30 minutes from Chester, so I'm closer to the, the northwest of England. Yeah. So Chester, Manchester, and Liverpool and all that. So right. that gives people a little bit of, uh, if they go with the geography, obviously the Brits are really easier, but for people of, 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 uh, if you use football or soccer, obviously people have known of Manchester and Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you, you, you we can talk about Belgium and, and things like that. So... In, in terms of your thoughts on the um, mental health and physical health and all these, you know, all these things that we're going to, you know, we're going to try and hit upon, what's your take on what's happening in, in the world and society and just in terms of mental health? and In terms of, we can go in multiple different directions with that one. Uh, in terms of probably looking at it from a psychological perspective, and this is something we talked about, uh, off air in terms of you know greed selfishness yeah. uh, everybody wanting to get one over on each other be it if we, if we touch upon the, the virus presently with the coronavirus yeah. obviously you got everybody doesn't matter where you are in, in the world you would probably see in Britain with the stockpile and toilet paper in terms of well if you locked at it logically why you're doing that it's, it's, there's no logic to it whatsoever to, to stockpile that versus uh, you know food it's about starting to go that way in terms of you know stockpiling food as well and people going overkill yeah. and uh, obviously not thinking about other people and I think what we touched upon obviously off air was people are getting so f- angry 
scared, whatever empathetic views they, the emotional views that I have, should I say, not empathetic, because yeah. that would be the opposite. But they're obviously only thinking about themselves, whereas you, you, you probably are not thinking about your. If you've got an elderly neighbour, how are they going to? How are they going to cope if they can't be able to go out? Which is talk being talked about presently in terms of people over 70 having to uh, self-isolate for months at a time oh, I don't know if that's gonna come to fruition or not or that's just something they've put out there and put it out in social media and wait for people to bash it down and kind of say oh well, we won't go in that direction because people are uh, are against it and I think because of probably from the physical standpoint obviously from my job perspective and, and fitness and health as an industry is probably going to take a hit because and, and business as a whole we're, we're obviously uh, leading into a recession and the market's crashing that's probably going to be the first luxury to go is people are going to probably not see the benefits of obviously you know personal training and things like that being uh, yeah. important yeah. because they're seeing it as a luxury as opposed to yeah. where I think most people within that industry are going to probably survive and I was watching another fellow coach yesterday talking about it it's the ones who are going to adapt to the current uh, conditions now with the virus are the ones that are going to survive long term because when and if it does hit and there's a, there's a recession that does come into play next year They've already got the practice in uh, of dealing with a a, a a form of crisis in the here and now, and, and can deal with obviously the peer, um, the, the apprehension of people not being able to go out, the people not wanting to go out. Um, obviously, the countries quarantining and making people isolate to to, to food fears with with kind of curtailing this virus so obviously gyms are going to close and and what people are going to do is in terms of well we've already started to move from in-person stuff anyway to going online yeah well that's not a difficulty well what if i was to recommend for you to do a program at home would that ease some of your anxiety of having to go to quote unquote it's not the most sanitary place at the best of times the gym but that's a different story altogether but in terms of kind of adapting and, and, and kind of weaving to kind of to find a, a resolution or a solution to a, to a problem yeah I, I think whereas maybe with the the issue that I was talking about with in terms of you know people going nuts with shopping it's like irrational behaviour it's like well let me stockpile for three, four, five, six months. Okay, hopefully it doesn't yeah, get yeah. too serious, but yeah. we, we don't know and we don't know uh, what the future holds in terms of looking at it from a, a negative perspective, which lots of things like to do anyway, uh, no matter what it is. Whereas you're thinking, well, why can't you be more positive in terms of what, what emotionally? If you're more excited towards the, the future, you're obviously going to be happy about it as opposed to being apprehensive yeah. or scared fearful. of it. Fearful, yeah. You're going you're gonna to fear the future and it's like, well, that's where anxiety comes to play and, 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 and obviously mental health comes to, to the fore with dealing with, with those type of issues. Yeah, yeah. 
So let, let's let's talk about yeah your your yeah because you, it's interesting that you just sit upon that you know your trainer you know you, you say you do personal training. Let's let's talk about your journey and, and up until you you know till this point in the sense of you becoming um, you know a Paralympian and and, and that. Well, if we go right back, I've always, and I think that's why people are surprised when I do get the answers. What was the the drive to, to want to do to go into sport? And I think when the person actually did probe it, it's like it's a need and and it's a must because for me, and family has asked me recently, would you do it all over again? It's like, well, yes, but obviously where I went wrong and in different choices, I would probably choose differently. But in terms of having the experience all over again to be able to relive it. I, I, w- I wouldn't bat an eyelid in terms of that was my aspiration as a young child was to become a professional athlete. Okay, s- certain things happened through my early teens where that wasn't going to be a reality in terms of being like an able-bodied professional athlete because having a disability would be, I would, I'm going to say impossible, but impractical probably would be the better word. And it kind of stumbled in my lap to, to be able to to progress within the Paralympic uh, arena. So it's probably a godsend in terms of a coach asking me at 15, 16, have you ever thought about doing disability sport? Because up until that point, I'd always been in, in able-bodied sport from the age of about eight years old until that point. So I, I'm probably a little bit ashamed of it now to say it, I look down on the Paralympic movement because, because due to the nature of my disability not being that prominent and it's not that much of um, a problem in day-to-day life compared to you know worse situations. Yeah. I probably thought, well, I can get by. I can compete within reason against my able-bodied peers. I'm happy. And obviously that's a state of comfort in terms of we look at it from a, an outward perspective, looking inwards. Yeah. I was happy. I was comfortable. I could compete, but I wasn't really truly probably pushing myself. Whereas, if I can see what other in, individuals are having to face from a sporting sense, yeah. and pushing the boundaries, it opened my eyes in terms of all oh, this is what's really capable. What you were able to. So when I, obviously now as a coach, when people say or oh, this is my ceiling in terms of fitness. It's like, no, it's not. Mentally, you think it is. Physically, it's 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 definitely not. Yeah. Because I've, for one better of a word, some are probably my peers because they're fellow amputees. I sure as hell know that's not true because you've not got to the heights that I have. I'm not saying that from an egotistical sense of food. Yeah. But I can kind of say, physically, you don't know what you're your, your capabilities yeah. are because you either do not want to go there you are afraid to go there or you don't know what you're capable of whereas it's more that's more a mental uh, blockage in terms of well you're, you're letting your mind take over in terms of well it's starting to hurt it's getting uncomfortable stop whereas that's not physically you could probably do it it's mentally you don't have that drive, willingness, yeah. or almost like courage, um, confidence in yourself to be able to push through that barrier. Whereas if you say to me, 
on to certain extent, I still do it now, even though it's at a lesser level, being at domestic level, I'll still go through that red line. And there'll be certain times where I won't. Uh, and I'll ask, well, where can I improve? Improve like like testing the boundaries, asking coaches. Well, where can where do I need to improve to be a better better player, better person to ultimately obviously help the team? Whereas maybe some people be less inclined, and I as I was um, that person up until a few years ago. In terms, of, you know, I was always pointing fingers. It's not my fault. I'm not getting enough minutes. Like it's not my fault that. Uh, I'm 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 um, not playing as much, and, and, and always looking not not looking in the mirror in terms of well, it's always somebody else's fault as to why I'm I'm not getting the the sense of entitlement that I deserve based on my athletic ability, and and it probably helps that my coach now has been to to the Paralympics as well because he can call me out mentally on on certain things. Well. You and we had a discussion we had recently about maybe like two weeks ago in terms of in the past I would be more reluctant and reliant on my physical attributes in yeah. terms of you know uh, quickness uh, athletic frame and not be willing to put the work in and 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 he said to me that would only get you so far and people who who had a lesser ability would be able to compete because they had that doggedness within them and you would kind of shy away from that competitive sense and he said recently in like the last 12 months you've kind of taken up a gear and, and, and why that's happened I don't know but it's like the ruthlessness of probably that young kid what are we talking about 18 years ago is coming back to the fore in terms of well I wasn't afraid to back down from anybody back then it was like I, I, I had no fear it's like well I don't know what's around the corner yeah so let's kind of throw caution to the wind and I don't mean that ex- to the extreme but in terms of well what have I got to lose if I if I attempt it I fail I learn from it and I go again whereas I think probably as I've got older I've got comfortable yeah and obviously sport became a, it became much I could say to a lesser sense of chore and a job so I probably hated a lot of aspects of it and probably to the end of towards the end of the latter of my career at the at the international stage I hated I don't want to say I hated every minute but there was times that I hated it and you're thinking that's maybe where you had to reanalyze things and say well why are you doing it in the first but why what you know like asking questions of the coaches why are we doing this type of drill why are we and obviously after the fact because you're not going to condescend the coach especially not at that level um, because you're not going to you're not going to it's not going to go down too well and you're going to be on the periphery pretty quickly but in terms of what's the reasoning behind it so you get the rationale as to well this is why I'm doing it I can see the benefits as opposed to probably going round around on that uh, mouse, mouse wheel I can't think of the actual word hamster yeah, wheel yeah in terms of and just going through the through the motions and, and, and be it, I probably lost track of. I I was ticking off the accolades, climbing the ladder, but not probably giving myself a pat on my back when I'd done the, the small things right. And I think this is where a lot of athletes do get it wrong: is it's, we look at the bigger picture 
too much yeah. sometimes yeah. and don't actually gratify ourselves when we do the, the things we probably take for granted in terms of, well, I have to do it day in, day out. Doesn't matter if I hate it or I like it, I still have to do it if I want to get to the next stage. Whereas I think if you did take that bit of, you know, in-out approach in terms of, well, you've, and I do it on training camps because that's the only way you're going to get through a training camp of of two, three weeks uh, in, in, in preparation for, for big events. Because if you think of it in terms of the bigger picture from then, it's going to destroy you in terms of, well, I've got to do all this by the end of the three weeks. Yes. Oof, that's a lot of work. So you, 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 I would very much condense it at that period, whereas I probably lost sight of that towards the end in terms of, well, I'm looking big picture, I'm looking big picture. I'm not doing the little, th- I'm not looking to push myself. And, and I got called out a few times in, ter- in terms of strength and conditioning coach kind of pulled me aside. Uh, it's all well and good you, you going through the motions and, and being, you know, I was one of the stronger athletes anyway, but are you really pushing yourself? And are you, are, and are you testing the other two in that group that, that are stronger than everybody else? So I kind of looked at myself, well, now you've got a point. Yeah. Because I, I probably wouldn't really have to show up, which was having to look that person in the eye and say, well, yeah, you're right. It's. I've probably taken it for granted in terms of this luxury that I've been given, yeah. uh, and I think an NBA player said it like the last couple of days in terms of it, even him taking it for granted of you know the NBA season coming and going every season, and it puts it into perspective in terms of it only takes something as serious as something as life and death, and what you took for granted is gone in an instant. And I think I've not been putting that in that those circumstances but it did take kind of somebody saying enough's enough you don't even really need to train to do the work that you're doing now and do you think this is acceptable of yourself and and me being probably the person who I am I'm probably looking you know kind of looking the younger self in in the mirror and kind of saying well I'm, I'm letting this individual down because I'm not kind of maximizing my potential yeah. that I once was. So so that that was probably the kick up the ass I needed then. And we're already talking about nine years ago that that happened. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and and people wouldn't know that with me. It, it, I think they have this sense of, from a athlete perspective, it's normally like the polished well generally when when obviously the games do materialise if you happen to make it I think people think it's almost a given whereas I think with the the invention of social media and people the athletes themselves and myself being able to share that journey it's like well no there is loads and loads of sacrifice that you don't see there's loads of sacrifice that television doesn't talk about in the lead up to it obviously as an athlete going against another athlete I could care less of what sacrifice you've got to overcome because that's where com- the competition comes to the fore it's like I'm going to beat you based on your ability and that's alone but I think that's where and that's what we talked about before coming on was you know that disparity between the general populace 
and me as a coach in the early days of my business it's like oh I can't relate to James because he's this former athlete and I'm just this person off the street whereas like and it took opening up about things about mental health um, adversity that I'd faced growing yeah. up with yeah. the disability and, think, and and making it like me as a human being as opposed to this perceived idea of, of, of being from their perspective probably being a robot it's, I'm indestructible I'm superhuman it's like well from my perspective that's not fair because because of uh, for on on probably sports got a, a, an answer to, to play for that because you're probably taught and I think that's changed because I've sp- spoken to athletes myself for my show and they've said oh, there's more of an emphasis on mental health now in terms of uh, it's not just the physical uh, the nutritional yeah. uh, and the psychological there's that mental mental well-being of the athlete that's being looked after as well in terms of them well how are you doing in terms of you know every facet of your life whereas with me 10 years ago you look down upon psychology and things like that it's like well why am I going to go psychologist when I'm probably at the fore and I'm doing what I love in terms of and I'm probably it would probably be nice to be competing nowadays because you can open up about I've had to deal with bereavement of a family as a teenager um suicide with a teammate later on like halfway through my career yeah. and obviously what we were talking about in terms of like males not wanting to t- speak about that I brought all those up in terms of I, I probably dealt with my, my grandmother's death better than my teammates because obviously that was family and, and the closeness that you have with I'm not saying everybody does but I, with my perspective I was very close to my grandmother so that hit me quite hard whereas maybe that relationship I had with my teammate I thought it was a, as a working relationship and I bought all that up even I didn't even tell ta- family about it I would kind of brush it off in terms of if they brought the person's name up oh they're doing alright and in terms of well I, I think I told my family about probably this time last year in terms of oh they 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 no I shouldn't say top themselves but they, they committed suicide and and, yeah. and and I thought it best for me to tell you uh, me telling this illusion of they're still alright obviously it's not doing me any good because I'm not coming to accept that um, they've for whatever reason decided to take their own life yeah and I brush it under the carpet. It's like, oh, I'll deal with this when I retire. And we're talking more. I had a phone call from the coach in 2011. And I didn't talk about that till about 2018, 2019. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, I, uh, I think when it actually did spiral out of control from a mental health perspective... I was blaming everything else. It's like, oh, it's my work life because I was at the, at the time working in education. What's the job that's caused me to uh, have a, in a sense, a mental breakdown? And I, and I think by going to counselling and speaking to professionals in terms of, well, really dissecting and going back and, and, and doing what truly, truly is meditation and, and looking to overcome... Uh, dark times that you face you're thinking well okay this is a problem this is a problem this is a problem and trying to 
chip away and, and, and kind of being okay with it. Yeah. It was obviously, there were some dark times over the last, what we talked about, oh, nearly two years. But in terms of, it, it has got better, but um, be, um, it, I think when you do have dark times, it does put into perspective. Have you really counted all your demons in the closet? Uh, probably not, but I think I'm a little bit more accepting of my emotions than I once was, yeah. for sure, because uh, I will look to look at it. Well, why am I getting an emotional reaction to this scenario or event? I'm looking at, in, I can't remember what kind of um, uh, theory that is in terms of you look at the event story you tell yourself yeah yeah how you react to it and then the action that you then take and look into the look at and that's given that to clients in terms of what how you respond to that technically it's not you that is is the emotion it's your emotional response to that story that you're telling yourself and because you're not being able to kind of have this um apparative state or certain extent like out of body experience to kind of look at yourself externally what you're doing because I think people get wrapped up in, in the situation in the moment yeah. uh, at times and, and obviously you, you, you don't think logically you think rationally you think rationally and in that moment and if you actually took a, t- a second or two or a minute to kind of re- reflect well is this the right course of action I'm going to take probably not most of the time and, and, and look at it from that and, and from a work perspective it, 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 it's, it's difficult because obviously when you're being um, thrown under the bus being kind of uh, slandered like malicious content being spewed in your direct you're obviously going to take it personally because you are the fig- figurehead of your business uh, and same if you were a, pu- a public figure you're going to take it personally because like what gives you the right to give me that abuse whereas you've thought of it maybe and this has happened more recently and uh, and I wanted to rationalise with this person because I knew them as not as keyboard where I knew them behind the behind the computer screen. It's like, well, come on, you think this. I want to know why you think this, and let me try and rationalise with you. Obviously, that didn't work out, but let me try and have a rational conversation. Whereas maybe with somebody else, I can't have a rational conversation with you. That's your that's your opinion. You're stuck in it. I can't change it for whatever reason. Uh, what's going on behind the scenes? I can't change that. Obviously, you, you can block people and. Uh, unfriend them on, be it on Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, things like that. Um, it's a little bit harder on Twitter and things. Uh, and it, well, Instagram's probably the easiest, but t- Twitter probably be more difficult because uh, they would think they would get a reaction from that basis. So yeah. I think yeah. it's having that willingness to be able to to stay to, to to be able to step back. And that was a positive that discussion I had because you 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 he had this idea that. I was sort of a sellout in terms of profiteering and taking advantage of, of other amputees based on my job. So I was like, okay, you're entitled to your opinion. I disagree. Uh, he brought up the fact that when you were an athlete, you didn't do that. I'm thinking, I've not changed. And I sure as hell was not doing it for anybody else when I was an athlete. So I kind of 
went with the other direction. It's like, okay, you're entitled to that opinion, but I disagree with the sporting sense because other than maybe motivation and inspiration for somebody, that's as far as it's going as helping. Whereas you to say, uh, you know, like doing um, Facebook lives or content is not helpful to somebody based on because I'm putting my brand at the beginning of the video so people know where to obviously go if they had future questions or wanted to look at other content okay you're entitled to that opinion but yeah, yeah. your actual pinpointing of facts isn't warranted but obviously that that went and it's like okay we, we disagree but I think what was probably the most positive outcome from that um, conversation was the other people were said well this video was informative it, 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 you covered something that has not been talked about so you gave the other argument as to why exercise is paramount with people that are using wheelchairs crutches um, certain aids because yeah. of their disability yeah. and giving people the, the whole picture in terms of well if you don't do the actual rehab or prehab work to keep yourself at total fitness in terms of a well-being perspective, these are going to be the issues you're going to give yourself three months down the line, six months down the line, and, and, and obviously go from an acute sense to chronic problems. Uh, and be it, be it, you know, I had messages people, are oh, you the person that created this video? And can you help me with X, Y, and Z? So yeah. that was very uh, rewarding in terms of Positive. to be able to get the positives from it. Okay, you're going to get your naysayers out of, I think, maybe most of the f- feedback that I got relative to the video was all positive, like one person. But I, I obviously wanted to get his point of view because I know you from Adam because, well, I thought I did, but I wanted to get your rationale as to why do you think I'm being manipulative or saying to somebody I'm out and out against you using these A's based on my answer and he never actually answered me because I said where where, where in the video did I say don't use these and he didn't answer because I, I know for a fact I never said it I said it I, I didn't say it in the description I don't say it anywhere in the video to not use it I, I obviously say these are the, the issues that you may face long term if you don't obviously do the the the, um, the work behind the scene and it'd be the same for a able-bodied person if you don't put the work in uh, to um, obviously strengthen the opposite muscle be it if we look at obviously the issue at hand now more people are going to be sedentary because they're working from home you don't look to counter that you're going to have issues with your back, yeah, your hips, health, your health, your health long term, because obviously you're going to get start stiffening off. Um, muscles are going to start atrophying. I'm talking long term, but these are these are issues that are going to come up because they're not staring you in the face, and, and that's something. Even with because I'm heavily go to to physio probably like a fortnightly basis just to keep my overall upkeep going and, and keeping the muscles as as, as um, loose as they can be even I did it and we were only talking about when did that issue arise probably two years ago 
and 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 the physio be telling me, James, you you your muscles are atrophying here, and I'd brush it off. It's like, oh, I, it's no big deal. I'll get round to it. And coming back to the mental health issue, I had a massive panic attack. Um, when would it have been? Probably twelve months, fourteen months ago. Yeah. In terms, of I I had having a nightmare or something. Went down to, to feel uh, my my little leg, and and freaked out. It's like, oh crap, this muscle is like nothing. And I had a massive panic attack, and it was like, well, it took hitting that to kind of say, well, James, you can do something about this. Uh, my prosthetist said to me, and and that's probably what was a kick up the ass as well. You're going to get away with it in your thirties. You might get away with it in your forties. You sure as hell won't get away with your fifties and sixties, and it's like, okay, what am I going to do about this? And I went up to to pick up my new leg back in October, and he was saying to me, why why is it a little bit tight fitting round uh, from when we did the casting? And I reminded him of that conversation in terms of you told me months、yeah. and months ago if I didn't put in the work now, I'm going to have problems down the road. This is why it doesn't fit. Well, it doesn't. I don't say it's a tighter fit than it was when we had it casted. And yeah. Because ah, yeah, you you rejog my memory, and 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 I'll say that to everybody now. It's like, yes, you can you can still you can still do the work. It's going to be a little bit harder to do in your fifties, sixties, but there's not there's no no telling why you can't do it. And I had a, a conversation with the physio. It would have been about two weeks ago. In terms of, I was stumbling a little bit more recently,、uh, walking around,、yeah. and I hit the nail on the on the head. It's like, okay, what's the reason why that's happening more and more? And she said, oh, the the legs starting to go again.、Uh, are you are you doing exercise in the gym other than your wheelchair basketball? It's like, no. Okay, I I would recommend you start doing that again. So that that from from that day. Oh, let's do a little bit of you know ten to ten minutes, fifteen minutes, half an hour every day. That's now in my as of I think this morning I've done it as it's a reminder to do it every day because obviously if I can't get to the to the gym, which is probably going to be a, at this moment in time probably going to be a probability that they may close. I can do that stuff at home, and when so people say, well, can you can can you do a program that is Solely home based, without equipment. It's like yes, I I I I could either write it up and here it is, or I can show you、uh, and go from there. It's like yeah, it's not it's not rocket science. And I think because of this perception that I think people that acquire disabilities have, or they're kind of instructed to kind of think, well, you can't do this based on. You have, and the best one I heard on a, on a conversation call recently. Oh, you、yeah. can't go to the gym. You can't go to a regular gym because you have a disability. And I kind of shot that down. It's like that's total garbage. It's like I worked in a corporate gym as a personal trainer. So, and people were being signposted to me who had disabilities because, for whatever reason, they were either apprehend other trainers probably apprehensive to how to deal with it, or they didn't know how to, how to approach it. Whereas with me. I'm going to tell it how it is yeah, because yeah. of that kind of banter environment that I came from within sport. It's like 
they, they tear each other a new one all the time. It's like, I'll, I'll get to know the person and then I'll start doing it. But I'm going to probe you in terms of, I think, uh, when they give me, oh, such, such and such a person wants to sign up, they've got this disability. Okay, that's very broad. That doesn't, so that first conversation, I'd have to, I've been giving you details because you want to either have a personal trainer or want to join the gym. What is your impairment? And, and, and this is what frustrates me in terms of, it's not rocket science in terms of just having a, back to obviously the main point we were talking about in terms of greed, uh, being out for themselves. It's, it's communication. It's, yeah. not, it's not difficult. It's okay. It's, it's an art that we are slowly losing. Yeah. But having a conversation like you and I are having, yeah, is not difficult. It okay, it it is apprehensive at first because obviously you don't know know the person. Uh, you might not want to upset them. Say yeah. upset them. You don't want want to be taken in uh, in a certain way. And I'll say to people, it's like, and I used to think this. It's like I must appease everybody. And I think, well, you're, you're not serving anybody then doing that because the people that love you kind of think you're a bit wishy-washy. It's like, well, where, where do you stand, James? You are, you, you're, either, you're either on the left, you're in the middle ground, or you're on the right. You can't be all three all the time. And I think, obviously, the people that hate you, they're going to hate you, they're going to hate you anyway. So it's like, and I think this is where I've been commended from my coach. Yeah. It's like, your content a lot of the time is very po- not on purpose but it's very polarizing it's 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 either going to piss people you know piss off the people that don't like you anyway and it's going to bring the other the people that like you for being real closer it's like well i don't do it purposely i'm giving you the facts in terms of coming back to that that, that video i did looking about giving disability these people utilizing their aids for the benefit but obviously looking at looking at your long term well being as well obviously some people are going to hate that because like well because you haven't thought you haven't thought about it first or you, you don't like me saying well you can't be reliant on these all, all the time or you can't be solely reliant on it which I think everybody should take heed from it it's like you can't you can't be reliant on what you're doing now in your 20s your 30s when you're in your 50s so yeah. and i think everybody can take heat from that it's yeah, like it's fact it's, you you can't get away because I, I, I in a photography club as well and one of the chaps was saying to me you wouldn't think i was fit would you in my 20s like looking at you no i wouldn't and and him saying that it does bring it to the fore in terms of you have this perception of people based on your own beliefs like did I think he used to play sport every day until he until he told me that I wouldn't have known that I would have thought no you're quite lazy and you've let yourself go uh, and things like that so I was thinking well you need to probably tweak certain things and there's not saying you can't be back to what you were like as a teen obviously there's different perspectives in terms of what's your overall goal but that's a tangent all in itself but I think people need to obviously adjust in terms of you're still on the tracks but you need to deviate in terms of certain things you do and be adaptable yeah. and flexible to the situation that arises yeah so you 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 for those who you know listening because you, you you spoke there about i think some of the, some of the things have to do with a lot of things to do with maybe your thoughts maybe 
part of it probably ego and because we all have that um what when you what is your what is your um what was because you spoke when you about being a kid and competing with um um the other kids what was and then the coach came in and said um you know you, you someone came along and said have you ever thought about competing in this in, in in a different in a different way on a different sport what what for those listeners out there what is what is your disability it is to try and get people to visualize it is femoral dysplasia is my disability so i don't have a femur which is the top half of the leg i've got a small tibia and fibula right. uh, uh, no knee joint and a floating hip so it's, it's quite hard to visualize but that's why i say similar to an amputee because using a prosthetic you can visualize that because it's more mainstream now uh, yeah. and be it from that nature you coming back in terms of talking about the egotistical sense of it i was very egotistical when i was a kid when i was a younger athlete it was all about the result the performance was secondary if i beat people that was good enough i i couldn't care less if i beat my own personal best whereas I think when I've progressed, obviously you need the boat, you need the two to go hand in hand because that's the only way you're going to progress. It's not until you make it to the very top where that's very important. The result obviously is paramount because that's all that matters in terms of winning and losing is uh, based on people's livelihoods. But I think at that age, you want to improve and as well. But I was just content with it. All I beat the people around me. I'm happy. So if I technically swam when I was swimming back then swam slower me now I would have a problem with that because obviously that's bad because it's like well I'm not I'm not improving because they could have had an off day and I've swam below par so who, who's that really p- pushing on it's not me for sure yeah. so I would say any athlete nowadays it's like well you need to have the both yes you need to be probably egotistical self-centered to a certain extent to obviously progress because um, people even my family say now you still you still have those Mm -hmm. traits it's like well not as much as I used to but some of the times they do need to go into business because if I'm self-centered I can look at something a little bit more uh, as my coach put it, like termin- termin- terminator risk in terms of its cutthroat. It's like yeah. it's black or white, and that's it. There's no middle ground. There's no yeah, yeah. there's no sense of grey area where I could procrastinate or look for perfection. And it's either going to work or it's not. And he kind of said to me the other week, it's something that's rubbed off on him, and he's taken on, taken on board into into his work life in terms. Of, it's like, well, I'm trying to think. Well, where has that come from? Because. I haven't always been that ruthless in terms of it's either this or it's not. Uh, and it's looking obviously empathetic in terms of obviously speaking to people because I'm not going to shoot them down in terms of, well, it's either my way or it's the highway because that doesn't work. And, and, and be it when people will say, I, I am an action taker. And I'll speak to him. It's like, well, you're not really. You're procrastinating because you won't make a decision. It's like if you're an action taker, I wouldn't really have to do anything on the call. You would sell yourself. You would want to come on board straight away. Obviously, yeah. 
money is a big issue with with anything and it's going to probably be more and more of a problem as we go forward but if it was that clear cut it would be it wouldn't be anything to think about obviously the the, the money for everybody's a problem uh, and I'm no different in terms of if I don't see the the warrant behind it or the priority towards it and you're just trying to do it from a an, um an unethical standpoint obviously I can see that I can see straight through a lot of that stuff because because I do marketing myself so it's like well that's not ethical yeah that's not you're manipulating the marketplace be it and I'll get people to say well look at an ad if you look at an advert really and say to me that is that really you getting all the facts and probably if from my industry as coaches we know it's not the facts be it you know slimming worlds uh, weight watchers and you actually number crunch some of the numbers like well that's not really that that person didn't push themselves as far as they probably could have done in that time frame yes the number looks um be the word I want to use it's gonna obviously entice you into wanting to buy it but have they really maximised the best that they could do and obviously things like that will get celebrities on board it's like well is that product is they are they really using that product probably not but obviously that's a that's a tangent in itself what people probably are not looking at and I think from a weight loss a diet a fitness perspective a lot of the things that I will talk to people about or have done in the past when I've kind of been a little bit more broad in terms of working with everybody it's a lot of the BS stuff it's like I want to be have a six pack I want to have a bikini body ready for the summer whereas I think we're specialising with amputees now not specifically but I can kind of say to them well that's BS what you're telling me now in terms of well, the disability being a problem I can call out because like well you, you and me are almost the same in terms of having to put on an extra limb that's you you, you know full well and, and rightly so I know I can call you a bluff that's not always going to be an issue mm. that you're making it out to be whereas I can kind of it kind of brings the trust in a little bit quicker in terms of they can kind of well they can relate to me because they can see that I'm going to probably go, have either gone through some of the struggles that they're facing or are facing them on a on a, a day to day basis, yeah, yeah, or basis, yeah. the worst or the worst case scenarios. It's like so. It's like yes, those are an issue. However, let's go deeper in terms of why 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 are you resorting to the behaviours or habits that you've become to to get to this point? And you know, like really going in deep in terms of you know not trying to make the person cry, but getting them to be realize well this is really the issue we need to overcome and a lot of it will be mental psychological yeah yeah emotional in times in terms of well this is really the, that's the trigger as where it went wrong in terms of you know i don't know we, you talked about off air in terms of that people having abusive relationships uh, being abused uh, in a child in, in a child setting well, that's a trigger whether or not whether you like it or not whether you've hidden away from it to not have to deal with it, not having to 
accept that that, that had happened, that's a trigger. That's obviously gonna gonna cause you to make um, sometimes irrational decisions later down the line. I'm no different. Be it, you know, t- uh, teammate killing themselves. I swapped that under the carpet. What that did for my career in that time frame afterwards, I don't. I I, I would 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 have it have have it a guess to what happened. I I know I probably wasn't the same individual as I was before that phone call um, and, and things like that. And, yeah. and, it's, and we had we had teams like that's something I probably should have gone to the fore in terms of reached out to obviously you couldn't go to the media or something like that because the family wanted to keep it under wraps until they had the funeral and things like that but I I should have gone to teammates and said okay I've heard this news how are you dealing with it because obviously it's hit me fairly hard can I can I speak to you about it because obviously we were in a close knit um, community and a quite close knit group is it alright that I speak obviously being the the male figure that I wouldn't say I was that bravado but in that in that moment in time I took the male approach to well oh, it's not a big deal somebody's yeah. died yeah uh, I'll deal with it when it's more uh, suited for me uh, down the line as opposed to dealing in the here and now obviously it would have been a little bit easier probably to have done, dealt with it nine years ago than having to deal with it and deal with other instances of mental health issues all at, not all at one time but having to do you know knock one off oh here's the next one I've got to kind of bring out from the carpet and deal with and, and kind of uh, come to accept and it was it was difficult because it was I think the early roads of, of, of looking at using like the apps it was easy at first and then had a massive stumbling block. I was like, well, why is this not working? Why is it so hard? It was easy at first. Why Why am I kind of going backwards now in, in terms of from that basis? And I think once I looked to, well, where, where do you want to get to to to, to obviously well, not get better because that, that it doesn't exist, but yeah. to be able to be comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. Well, it would be, it would be, it would be getting better, wouldn't it? It wouldn't, it wouldn't. Yeah. It'd be getting, when you look at it like that, it's, it's not. You wouldn't be getting back to the person that you was, what? but you, you, you'd be getting better to, in terms of the, the the person that you are at that moment in time. Um, yeah, you're trying to you're trying to probably logically rationalise it in yeah. terms of well, it's not going to consume me. But I have to accept that obviously that happened. The decision I made was right or wrong. I made it. Let's now deal with the, the consequences of that and open up about it in terms of because and this is something we don't even discuss in terms of I was okay with my feelings as a kid. Whereas I think sport shifted the lines in terms of oh you must look, you must be or it was my illusion, probably my perception of this is what you have to be as a sportsman. You have to be guarded. You have to put up a, a, a show mask. You have to be heavily guarded because you'll be manipulated. And obviously opponents could take advantage of it. And I think I went away from something that was out and out me as a kid. It's like, I didn't have problems speaking to my mum. 
my aunt, my grandmother, obviously my, my father figures were probably coaches, whereas that would probably be, I won't say a no-no, but I probably wouldn't cross that athlete-coach line in terms of, well, I'm not going to speak about stuff that's happening on the outside of sport with a coach. I think the only time that probably arose was um, I was trying to make the Welsh team for the Commonwealth back in 2006 and gone uh, to South Wales to train before going to, well, ultimately going to university down there in Swansea uh, and, and kind of speaking to the coach. And, and that was my first time away from home uh, permanently. And I I know now, I almost had a nervous breakdown there as a teenager. Because of being a, being a, not socially isolated, but not having the social network that yeah. I've become accustomed to, uh, living living overseas network. in Belgium, yeah, support network, and not having that support network. So they went, when they went off to a competition in the US, that the coach wanted me to come, but obviously his hierarchy was saying, well, no, he can't. James can't come because he's not in this part of the the, the system. I think he had the awareness to kind of say, well, if James is left behind, he might go off the rails. So that's probably why he, he was kind of, well, I want to take him along to this competition. Probably one for his mental sanity. And then he can either, he can kind of see the comp, the next level up as well. And, and that, that, that coach I spoke to, even when I left swimming, I would periodically go over to the swimming pool now and again when I moved sports to rowing. And obviously, there'd be a bit, 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 bit of banter in terms of, well, you've gone from a sport that's utilising the body a little bit more to one that's sitting down. So I, I never lived that down in terms of, and then moving on to, to, to sitting volleyball, I would always get that, oh, Jamie, you, you're kind of going from one sport to the next, you're sitting down. It's quite lazy, that. And obviously, I'd take that with a shame because I know it's only only ripping uh, me from that. It's like, oh, it's, it's only banter. It's not, no malice yeah. in that at all. But that's the relationship uh, that's okay. I've not, I've lost touch with that coach a little bit, but he's one of the, the figures that if it wasn't for that kind of support for over about five years and maybe a little bit longer, I wouldn't be the, I wouldn't be the man I am today in terms of from the, 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 the willingness to, okay, you've hit this speed bump. Okay. Are you going to let that define you? Yeah. It's like, no. Uh, obviously, I would be a little bit apprehensive of throwing everything, all the all my eggs into one basket. And I've always been like that in terms of, well, let's get somebody else's opinion, be it like more specifically family. What's your take on it? And, and I think I think having my mom in my corner in terms of from a sport sporting sense all the way through for like 20 years, she'd be, well, what have you got to lose? And I've I've used that saying in magazine articles, podcasts, my own in terms of what uh, I'm, I'm, she says she never said it, but in, in terms of you could be very, very good or absolutely useless. And I think it is obviously that the perception on how you take that wording for me, it was never it was never a positive or a negative. It was both a positive. Yes, I could be not very good at it, but that's another another avenue to to go in another direction. Or I could be very good at it and I excel at it. And and I saw that as a positive. I think maybe 
as the years went by, that probably got blurred in terms of, well, this is bad, this is good. And maybe went, well, I'm less inclined to want to do it because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Well, that's an excuse. So you, why don't you be honest to yourself? You don't want to do it f- for this reason based on there is no carrot at the end of the, on the end of the end of the string or there's no gold at the end of the rainbow and, and be brutal about it like that's the reason you want to you want to do it i gave up sport because i in a sense it became it became it, i i always said it was more physical to myself and to other people around when i was given getting ready to retire but it was more mentally i'd given up it's like well it's a chore i'm not enjoying it I'm not getting the satisfaction out of it. I'm not. I'm not doing as well as I once was, and that was not. That was nothing to do with age. I think the the, the mental approach had gone. I'd lost all sense of purpose in terms of why I was doing it. In terms of well, what was the reason behind you? Why why were we getting up at stupid o'clock in the morning? Why were you, you putting your bodies through those rigors? And, and, and not take that step back in terms of what well, okay you've ticked off all these boxes in terms of you know representing the country at, you, at continental level world level Paralympics yeah. okay this is a successful perspective of yes I always wanted to win a gold medal at the Paralympics I didn't achieve that and then when people do say to oh, your, your career wasn't a success and most of that time it'd be kids it'd be okay that's your perception of success it's not mine and I think the working in a school education setting did help towards the end because once I was starting to get my mojo back and confidence obviously I can't bully the kid through words because that would get me sacked but be it when I think it was a year 10 students said to me oh your career wasn't a very good wasn't very successful so you, you didn't get a gold medal I just turned around and said okay Come back to me and we'll have a discussion when you've made a national team and we can have a discussion on what successes. And I, I didn't obviously, his, his peers took the mick out of him, but I wasn't going to absolutely humiliate him. It's like, you're not going to speak, I'm not going to speak to myself like that. You are sure as hell not, aren't for sure. So it's like, well, I'll bring you down a peg or two because you think you're all, the big I am, but I'm not going to wreck your self-confidence yeah. well not completely but be it I'm gonna you try to humiliate me I'm not gonna have any of that let's have a little bit of a discussion you come you make what I say which I know would probably at that age nigh on impossible but you make it to that level we can have a discussion because I knew all the dedication the sacrifice um, all all what my family gave up for to get me in that position you're just taking it for you're looking at the top of the pyramid and judging my whole entire 10 well 10 year career at the, at the top level but we're talking about when did I retire 27 so 27 so say roughly 19 years entire sport and you're saying that's not a success in yeah, terms competition of, I've won 
or the blood I'm one of the people that I've been able to get to I've been able to get to that next level in terms of and that is very difficult to do it's like it is very condescending but I think it does come back to that the point all along what we talked about is it is there's no compassion in the world in terms of well if I tear I tear you down it makes me feel better in terms of doing the opposite in terms of well how can I give you a helping hand up and obviously when people do it you think there's an ulterior motive in terms yeah. of all you're helping me out what's why? the catch yeah why 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 are you doing that why are you doing that yeah what's the catch here so i think i don't i don't and I, I think it does come back to that that sense of communication it's the the i don't know what the youth are going to do because they're going to get more, you're going to be more and more heavily involved with technology so are they going to lose the capability of communi- communicating prop I must say properly but the old fashioned way of having a discussion and having a, you know actually verbally having a conversation completely yeah who knows yeah but if it were, if it goes virtually no but cuz obviously they'd have to speak um whereas I've I've tried to facilitate you know even for students where they have to do a presentation i can't i can't do public speaking cuz i don't want to be judged it's like okay could you not film your presentation on your phone because obviously you're comfortable with doing snapchat um whatever platform it may be for that individual and and that's against in that sense it was snapchat could you not video your presentation and then send it to the teacher and they were like no i can't do that because it's going to be peer assessed it's like well it's an assignment so obviously the teacher's got to assess it to be able to give you a mark but i'm giving you an out to kind of go um more modern sense in terms of well you don't have to be uh critiqued in the flash and they were having none of it it's like you know i'm giving you uh, an adaptable sense of uh well, obviously what i don't see as a difficulty because i do it for a living in terms of speaking to people and uh doing facebook live so for, so for me when people say well why why do you shy in other aspects of your life i don't care about being judged on social media because ultimately if it's not good enough for whatever reason i could close the feed and that would never see the light of day i could choose for it not to be put out into the mainstream i could choose to edit certain bits out of it to be able to crop it to make it a little bit more polished whereas i think from the younger sense of view it's like well i'm giving you an out to be able to get a mark for you to keep progressing in your academic life obviously you being british you know exactly i think people assume that gcse's and that time of their life is the be all and end all it's like yeah what isn't it's it's because it's too much pressure is put upon it there's no problem with you going back and having to possibly redo them getting a better mark or having to do redo them to get a pass mark that's not a okay there is a stigma towards it yes that's because of obviously uh people's perception on education be it you know secondary or even tertiary education we're going to university or for the America's college in terms of well why do you have to necessarily 
go on to that third stage of education. If you're obviously academically inclined, you will do. But that's being said, you don't have to. And then for people to say, even within my my profession, people say, well, I'm on disability. I I can't do anything else uh, from what I previously was doing as an able-bodied individual. It's like, well, that's not true. You're you're, what you are based on probably your age would probably be a bias in terms of you, you're fixated on the industrial age in terms of I must do a nine to five whereas I think whereas the young people are a little bit more open-minded like you, you, you and I were saying before we started recording yeah the world is their oyster that they, they, they want to do you, you you obviously YouTuber is probably very difficult nowadays but it yeah. was probably easier 10 years ago but they have the open-mindedness to kind of say well, I I don't need to, I don't need to be a teacher. I don't need to be a doctor. I don't need to be a lawyer. I can do my my job on the internet. It's like, well, I think that's maybe where maybe some of the people within later life need to take a leaf out of their book in terms of well, this is my opportunity to, to kind of do whatever I want. Obviously, whether or not it works or, or doesn't. Um, comes down to obviously demand which is the big one it's, it might be a good idea but if people don't want it it makes it, it makes no difference um, but it's having the willingness to, to, to try it's like well I can't do this and I'm resigned to the fact that I can only be on disability for the rest of my life okay the, physic, the physical aspect of depending on when you've had this impairment happen to you or traumatic experience yes it's a physicality right now I won't debate that, but long term, that's a mental one. It's like you're putting, and to a certain extent, self-sabotaging yourself in the here and now, and setting yourself up to fail. It's like, well, I can't. This is the only life I can live. It's like, well, if I have, if I thought like that as a 15-year-old kid, I wouldn't represent my country. It's like, well, I can't amount to any. Obviously, I had days like that, and moments in, in, as a teenager, it's like, oh, I wish, I, I wish I wasn't disabled. I wish mm-hmm. I wasn't here uh, to be, well, probably to hurt family at times. And it's like, well, it's like, no. It's if it hadn't been for having a disability, I wouldn't have a business. I wouldn't have the sporting career I had. Obviously, there's aspects of luck, uh, hard work that come into play but obviously it's a mindset but the people that I was surrounded by was boy it's like well it's everything I know sport driven I like sport people hang out hang out, out like sport they do sport so basically okay, why not so basically what you've, you've done then is you've kind of come full circle because um, you've you've been through those times maybe troubled times as well when you're um you're a child and you, you had a you had somebody there to kind of say you know what do you want to come and do this this and this you went through your career and it's almost like now what I'm hearing is that you you're using all the things that you've the things that you've gone through um, you know you know whether it be whether it be your disability your um, you know the times where there was been the times where you thought oh, I'm not going to do this anymore, um, the career ending, all these things were co- have, have culminated in you kind of now inspiring others because the way you're speaking there and the way you're talking uh, talk, and the way you speak as a coach, you're actually inspiring others. Would you would you agree with that? 
I agree with that. It's obviously given them the the I wouldn't say inspire or motivate. It's given them the drive to kind of say, oh, I just I swear because it'd be more more poignant in terms of fuck, fuck the world in terms of the only person and I've I've yet to put this out yet in terms of contact. I'm the only person who should judge whether or not I can achieve this or not. Obviously, you're going to have people that want you to fail. Those are never going to go away because they get satisfaction out of you failing. But in terms of the only person that should be the judge on whether you can or cannot do something is ultimately you. Obviously, the word "can't" is not a good is not a good one to use in the vocabulary because obviously it's cannot and you cannot achieve it. But what I mean from it is yeah, I know what you mean. You, not, you, not, you've you, got a, you've got you've got a perspective as you, you could either go for it and achieve or you can't and obviously you try again and you keep going until you until you make it and then obviously the, you know the, the the nursery rhyme the little train that could that that's that's one six to mine um and there's probably countless others of of be how old you are are very much in your in your subconscious in terms of well I've always thought like this. Who are you to say I can't do it? And 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 and, and I thrived on that as a as a kid and, and as a teenager. It's like, well, you say I can't do this. Well, watch me. And, and obviously, I think the person hasn't done it as much lately. But he, I think he's got to know me a little bit better now because he would say in the early days we can kind of see where you and another trainer who's born with disability as well. Have that sense of proving people wrong. It's like, yes, I'm not debating. I didn't think like that, but I don't have that problem anymore. It's like the only person I have to prove right or wrong is either the person that works with me or myself. And obviously, if it if it doesn't work, why is it not worked? What went right with it, and what can I prove upon? As opposed to looking at, you know, ripping out all the negatives. Oh, this is, didn't go right with it. This is rubbish. This is like, you know, looking just nitpicking all that went wrong. I'll analyze every minute, not minute detail, but I'll go in and say, well, okay, this bit of content is good. Keep it in there. How can I maximize it to make it better? Uh, this is bad. Take it out. Don't use it ever again. Um, and, and things like that, and that, that's probably something I've learned from sport. It's like it's, it is analysis is part and parcel, part and parcel of sport. Now, where okay, my my when I was in it, it was in its infancy, but it's been able to kind of take that into almost almost every facet of my life in terms of you know because pe- even people wouldn't. The team I play basketball with now said a few months ago, well, how, "How are you able to walk away from a training session in a positive mindset?" It's because I'm not focusing on the bad right now. I will. I'm not saying I'm not going to look at it in the near distant future or in the future. But how I feel right now, leaving the training session, I put everything I could into it. I'm looking at the positives, and that's it. And obviously, he's a teenager, and to kind of say, "Well, you're looking at the negatives and saying you you had a bad training session." Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying they don't. Exist. I'm not saying they weren't there. I'm just not focused on it right now. I'll, I'll obviously go away and dissect it. I think I did it the next day and said, "Well, where could you have improved on those mistakes?" 
that's not looking that's not me nitpicking all the bad things that's looking at where where can i improve and that's obviously the old saying goes you you met you learn more from losing and fa- for failure than you do winning and, yeah. and uh, that's a fact it's you, you um you're more likely you're more well obviously businesses themselves how many businesses in the society we are now of you know celebrity status because you've been on the television and I'm talking more like reality television it's like well you're not really a celebrity you've been on television and people love that kind of content in terms of getting to know the individual they like you but you're not really a celebrity and you've not really contributed anything to society in all honesty whereas for the mass mass proportion of the population they probably would not be happy with me you saying that but for the ones that are think outside the box it's like it's true it's not you you've you've famous because you are on oh, i don't know say love island in the uk whether like acts or not Jer- jersey shore or geordie shore they're not really famous they're not celebrities in the sense of doing anything of motivation inspiration yeah most of it it's what's bad with society you uh drink too much you expose yourself you I'm not saying people do this but for for measures or account but um i think some of the thing it's obviously encapsulates people because of you know who's in terms of some of human nature as like oh what what is and obviously a lot of that stuff is manipulated in terms of how it's edited to to be the final product that it's worth it's made out worse than it probably actually was in the, in the actual event to 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 up the view of figures and and get people to talk about it but is real society like that in many senses yes and no whereas we get fixated on that and whereas maybe we need to be more inclined to want to learn however that is for for you as individuals up to you because what 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 would be learning for me or for you Andy as opposed to somebody listening is going to yeah. be completely completely different yeah. and this it's not for me to judge uh you or somebody else as well i deem this as learning what you're consuming isn't really learning you're just kind of uh being a vegetable and just sitting there and consuming it it's like well maybe for you it is education right well it's obviously so it's it's form of sociology in terms yeah. of you know <laughs> you see how they're re- reacting with people in their environment yes in terms of that is a form of uh, a degree so yes if somebody was to look at it from either sociologically or psychologically yes you're looking at human behavior and how they're interacting and and behaving accordingly but are most people doing that probably not yeah so what does the what does the future what do you see the future holds for you and inspiring people and and also um in a sense where can you where can you be contacted what you know is it social media and and you know what is it what is it that's going to make you what's going to happen to you in the future what's your thoughts in the future for you oh that's a good question um and this is obviously coming back to what I mentioned early on. It's like, is how do you perceive the future? Is it all doom and gloom? Is it a sense of excitement? Obviously, 
in the here and now it's apprehension around family and things like that which is understandable but you need to be a little bit more excitable i know i've had people say to me well i can't look to invest right now because of situations that have arisen it's like well i can call it i can totally comprehend that it's like that's fine um if something you want to venture down in in the in the future that's fine it's 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 by all accounts keep that conversation going that building that relationship and getting to know you and then that that might change and you might uh not ultimately change your mind but it'll change from that perspective so I think it's having the sense of pushing those boundaries again it was something that I took upon myself oh when did I do that course about early last year with an ex-teammate of mine in terms of looking to get on the TEDx stage it's not it's not materialised yet and he did probe me couple of weeks out how's it going for 2020s like heard not heard anything yet uh i, I happened to know one of the speakers from last year and he was saying they were they got their license uh, a couple of days ago to be able to do it this year so it's it's it's, it's it looks promising so i'll reach out to the the organizer and creator uh, curator and kind of say well you did say to me last year by me helping out at the event last year I would have possibly have an, an opportunity to speak at the event um, this year obviously with other things being at the fore who knows what's going to happen uh, six months down the line we don't know but it's something to look forward to if it got cancelled yeah. for whatever reason it, it is uh, one of those things, but having the, the openness to, to, to try, probably test myself in terms of oh, putting myself in an uncomfortable position in terms of t- public speaking. I've not, I've, I wouldn't say I've ever been the best at it, but it's having the willingness to, to, to try it because I was thinking, well, what's going to test my boundaries in terms of what can kind of give me that buzz that I had in sport? Well, that's, to speak in front of hundreds of people that you don't know that's very difficult um, to compete in front of might be fortunate tens hundreds of thousands of people in sport it wasn't a big deal for me it's like if I'm not there or not you'll still be there and you kind of blank it out in terms of you think of it as a training venue it's like I'm doing the same thing over again just on a bigger scale it happened in London 2012. Teammate, remind me of that. It's like, just remind yourself you're back in, um, well, we were training at Rampton University. Think if we are training there as opposed to in the XL in front of, I think it was about 9,000 people. Yeah. Think of it, it's just six other people the other side of the court in volleyball and that's it. There's no there's no crowd, there's nothing. And that relaxed me so much. I, I, even watching it back now, I get goosebumps watching it now, even though I know the result is set in stone. I'm more nervous now than I was in the present moment, and and same same with competing in in the final in 2008 in Beijing. I have never been so relaxed in a sporting sense set, setting in my entire life, and those are probably the pinnacles in terms of you. You wouldn't think a person would be able to get that even keeled. 
at that moment in time. But I think when people rationalize, it's like, well, it's no different than what you've been doing for the last two, three years, every day. It's just on a grander scale, stage. And I didn't, I didn't cr- crumble under the pressure that day. Yeah. And I spoke to, I spoke to the, that the, um, opposing coach after the tournament had finished, like, what did you think when you're giving away all your timeouts, substitutions? And I went on that run. It's like, there's nothing I can do. You're, you're in, what I tried to do from, uh, uh, what's it called? The Americans use it. Uh, trying to freeze you perspective backfired. It's like, I've not, I've not responded how you thought I would. I've, well, we were taking the piss in the timeouts. It's like, it's like, like, cheers. You're making my situation, you're making my, emotional response get more and more easy to deal with that I could could care less it's like it's not it's not a big deal I've got nothing to lose Uh, and and I think uh, also the commentators that were in the venue had done a lot of our league stuff in the run up to the games and they were joking about it so if people want to go and watch that video um, for the the GB against uh, Morocco in 2012 with the volleyball I, I I think you can just about hear their their commentary behind the seat behind the one of the official one, yeah. but you would laugh you would laugh at what they say and and you have to picture me, you don't see my face do it, but I burst out I was laughing as well because they can't how just how they phrased it, um, and and now here comes the substitution obviously a little bit more sar- sarcastic than that, I laughed I was like I've got this. I've got this in the bag in terms, and, and, and it's something I have to remember in terms of when things go badly you've been in as my coach put it today you've been in worse situations than than we are right now obviously it takes a, it takes it looking at a perspective in terms of how that adversity has happened in terms of looking at and you look at things more positively and I think obviously going forward in terms of how obviously answering your question now and long-winded in terms of like getting hold of me you can get hold of me on any social media platform uh, I've got my own podcast um, you can reach out to me by email if you had any questions I'll do my best to respond as quickly as I can but obviously you know, as as people can probably attest to I'm only a human being I, I'm not a robot I'm not going to instantaneously respond uh, sometimes I probably can but sometimes I can't but yeah based on the time difference or what I'm doing and what would you, and what would you say to people out there that maybe you know as a kind of as a kind of lasting impression and, and before we wrap up what would you say to somebody out there with who's going through um, who's got a disability who's going through various um, thoughts of maybe feeling down about the disability or um, or even if they're not, you know, they haven't got disability, what would you say to somebody who's kind of feeling down at this moment? Well, it depends on the circumstances. That's, 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 what, what, what to work for me and what for work for them is a different one. In terms of to, to get it's, them upbeat, in terms yeah, of getting upbeat and kind of. It, 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 well, it's no different. Take one step at a time in terms of it's no different than when you were a happy go lucky person. You just put one step in front. You put one leg in front of the other, and I think that's that's where you got to think about it. You either 
keep moving forward or you give up. It's okay. It's not the other is a bit morbid way of looking at things, but it's the ultimatum. You keep you keep going forward, and you like you you, you, you think life is a bitch. It's, it's going to smack you in the face. Uh, it, it's how you respond to it. Yeah, definitely. And you know, I'd like to thank you for coming on um, and giving us you know some valuable insights into what's you know your life and and the things that you've been through and um, um, you know you've been obviously you've been at the pinnacle of the career and and the top of the tree in a sense of of you know things that you've achieved and and you know everything you've achieved in life and like you said it wasn't you know it's it's what's made you the disability is what's made you so you know I'd like to say thank you for coming on and um, you know it'd be nice to have you on again to you know to speak about um, you know where you know aspects of your life and maybe the parts maybe some stories to do with um, where you've been in terms of um, you know the stadiums and and the you know some funny anecdotes um, it, it's brilliant oh, it's been fun. brilliant it's been brilliant having you on oh, it's been my pleasure Andy nice one um, and I'd like to say this was Men Are Nuts speak to you soon <laughs>